A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is, a not, it is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher, and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that we can gather this morning together, sing together, worship you. I know that you are completely with us. You are sovereignly in control of our lives. Lord, I pray this morning as we start this week, there are lots of burdens on people's lives and in people's families. And so, God, I pray that you would just be with them this morning, be with those who are struggling emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Lord, I pray just draw them to yourself. I pray that people would be rescued from sin. I pray that you give people hope. Be with those who are just sad this time of year, who are just struggling with just the sadness that's elevated during this time of year. Just give them great comfort. Lord, help us as a church, and help us not to, as individuals, to fight fear, and just to trust you. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We are starting a series last week that we are doing as we prepare for Christmas and Advent as we're waiting for Christmas Day, which we live, like we said last week, we live as Christians today in the already, not yet. I mean, Jesus has already come. We have him. We have uh, the Holy Spirit. But we're waiting for Jesus to come back again. We are in between the cross and his coming. And as we go through the season, it's really easy sometimes just to go through all the motions and forget to really move our hearts and our minds to the person that we're celebrating. And so we are doing this series, Jesus is Our Joy, and four reasons why. And I asked about 20 people, as I said last week, about 20 people in the church, hey, answer that question, why is Jesus your joy? And I got back different responses, and I took those responses and kind of compiled four different reasons why we as a church and individuals celebrate that Jesus is our joy and why we should celebrate that Jesus is our Joy. Jesus is the greatest person you will ever know. I mean, he's a person. He has a still a human body, still a human flesh, but he's also God. And there's no one greater that you will know. And we need to stir our hearts sometimes. Psalms 45, 2 says this about prophesying about Jesus Christ. You are the most handsome of the sons of man. Grace is poured upon your lips. Or his character is the most handsome and grace is upon his lips. That's the kind of person that we want to know. And this morning we're going to look at Jesus is our joy because he drives out fear. I asked uh, that question and somebody wrote back to me and they said, uh, 
For this reason, he, he helps with my fear. If it, because if it wasn't for Jesus, my heart would be an anxious mess. I think a lot of people feel that way. Right now, in our culture, we have absolutely high levels of anxiety. There's just a report that came out that millennials, people between 18 and 35, uh, the biggest, they have the highest levels of anxiety of anybody ever that they've ever done studies for who are in that age group. The, the anxieties, the fears, and the stress are unbelievably high. And fear with me is always next to me. I remember eight years ago, this week I think, when I became the pastor here, there was a lot of fears in that. And a few months later in May, I was at the Moody, uh, Moody Pastors Conference for the first time I went to. And they well, I always would go early for the 7 o'clock prayer time. And they had a special prayer time. And I, and I would get there early, and I went to it. And I showed up, and they were leading through the prayer service. And they had us get in little groups. And we were going through a psalm. They said, what, what's one thing... Uh, just say with your group that you're with, uh, what is it right now that you're struggling with? Where do you need the most help with? And I'll never forget, they came to me, and they were talking about your ministry, and I said, fear. I am afraid. There's all kinds of struggles going to church ministry, and at that time, there's a lot of turmoils with things. And I'll never forget... This older pastor, who's probably in his mid-50s, he prayed for me. And he said, wonderful prayer, I'll never forget it. But he prays, he goes, that's how I was as well when I started out. I was so afraid. But God helped me. I mean, fear is always with us. It's with me. It's Part of the Christmas story. Fear is all over the Christmas story. When, jo- the, Mary- when the baby came to uh, Joseph, the Bible says that Joseph was afraid if he should take Mary as his wife. An angel had to come to him and say, Joseph, it's okay. Take Mary as your wife. And then when Jesus was born and uh, Herod was out there trying to kill him, uh, the Bible says that Joseph was afraid if he should go back when he left and went to Egypt. And then he was coming back into, uh, he, he was afraid of where he should go and he went up to Galilee. I mean, fear is all over the Christmas story. When the angels came to the shepherds, they said, fear not, before I bring good tidings of great joy. And this morning, I just want us to know and us to be reminded as we look forward to Jesus, as we reflect on who Jesus is, that Jesus is our joy because he drives out fear. Anne Lamont is one of my, uh, I enjoy reading her stuff. I don't always read her books, but I like her Facebook posts because she'll, she's an author and she writes these very raw, realistic, real-life Facebook posts. Facebook post. She's a, she's a believer, and she re- recently wrote one about Christmas time or Thanksgiving when the, she was going through some relational issues uh, with her family and her son. And so, this a couple weeks ago, she wrote this. And one of the things that she said in her post was, she goes with all these issues. She goes, I have a lot of faith, and I have a lot of fear. She is full of faith and full of fear, and I love that. Because the reality is that's how I feel. And I think there are many people in our church who would say, that's how really I feel. I, I feel like I have a lot of faith. But I also feel I have a lot of fears. And so this morning, as we look at that Jesus is our joy, he wants us 
to fight fear. Just this past week, we commemorated the 75th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. And one of the families that, that were in Pearl Harbor was the Barber family. And the Barber family had three sons who were all stationed at Pearl Harbor in, 19, in 1941. And all three of their sons were killed in the attack. And they interviewed Leroy Barber, the dad, and they put his story in the Chicago Tribune back in 1942. And this is what he said. He said, we're, we're not bitter, but there is one thing, neither of us, talking about him and his wife, we're not bitter, but there's one thing neither of us can forgive. Peter Barber, their father, told the Tribune in May of 1942. He said, we were at peace when the attack started. Our boys didn't even know about it. They must have been caught below decks without any chance to fight back. If they had known, if we had been on guard, they would have returned fire and they might not all have died. But they didn't know about it because they were, they thought, at peace. But the reality with us this morning is we're not at peace. We are at war. And one of the things that Satan wants to destroy people with, and is clearly destroying people with in our culture, is fear and anxiety. And we are at war, we have to be at war with peace, or with fear, and fight against fear, or it will and can destroy you and disable you. And so this morning, I want us to look at three ways that Jesus is our joy, and that he drives out fear, which is why Jesus is our joy in driving out fear, what to do with our fears, and how joy is experienced by followers of Jesus, who are often people full of faith and full of fear. Does anybody else feel this? Does anybody else at times feel, I got faith, man, I got some fears. I have some anxieties. And my heart is anxious, and I often don't know what to do with them, but I'm really looking to God, and I want to have help with this. Why is Jesus our joy in driving out fear? First of all, Jesus is our joy because he wants to free us from fear. Over 365 times in the Bible, it says, fear not, fear not, fear not. There's all kinds of people all over Scripture who are filled with fear. And over and over and over again, God says to us through his word, Fear not. Don't fear. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't fear. We need to understand that we are not at peace. We're not in a peace time with fear. We are and must be at war with it. We need to battle against it because there is a thing called sinful fear in our lives. There's a good fear that protects us from the right things, but there's a sinful fear fear that can take over a life and destroy a life, and Satan loves to use it. The, the battle, it's not often visible, but it's a deep, deep, deeper thing. And with any sin, no matter what it is, there's always a sin that's seen, and then there's usually a sin or sins that are sins beneath the sin, the deeper sins. So we'll often see the fruit of something, but then there's something that's really at the core of that thing that's a little bit deeper. And often the sin that is beneath the sin of fear is pride and unbelief. 
when you think about your fears, what is it that gets you really fearful? And you, you think, why am I so afraid about this? Why am I so bothered by this? If you really dig a little bit deeper into it, often it will be because of some issue of pride in your life that you're going to get exposed. You're not going to be able to be seen like you want to be seen. Or an issue of unbelief. You really don't believe that God is able to deal with those things. So how do we address these things? Not just the fear, but the sin beneath the sin. The sin of either pride or unbelief. The good news for us is that God addresses this through his word. It's by the word of God that we overcome these things. Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing into the deepest parts of of our lives. It's the, the, move, the word of God is what will and must move you to overcome fear. There's all kinds of techniques that can help you for the moment, but the thing that's going to unroot the deeper sins of your fear, the unbelief and the pride, is the word of God. And Jesus wants us to know that, which is why he is our joy in helping us drive out fear. So the picture this morning of Jesus I wanted us to look at was Matthew chapter 10. And in this passage, Jesus has got his 12 disciples with him. He's chose all 12 of them, it says. He's collected all of them, verses 1 through 4. And then he sits down to tell them. He, they've been with him for a while, and now he's about ready to, to tell them, listen, you're followers of mine, you're my disciples, and now I'm going to send you out on the mission of letting the world know why I came. You are going to be part of moving this forward. And then he goes into this long list. The, in verse 5, says, These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them. And he gives them all these instructions about how it's going to go for them when they take off. And he says, hey, when you go out and start talking about the kingdom of God has come, and when you start sharing this, I want you just to know this. It's, it's, you're going to have a lot of power to do some things, but you are going to be persecuted. You're going to be dragged up in front of other people. You're going to be told all the, things, the types of things. You're going to be harassed. There'll be pain involved. You're going to have all these things happen to them. And then it says in verse 19, he says, When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you're going to speak. I mean, so he tells them all these things are going to take place. Hey, listen, I'm sending you out on this mission, but hey, here's what you need to know as you go out. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to suffer in the midst of this. It's going to cost you physically, emotionally. It's going to be painful, what I'm asking you to do. You know why Jesus is our joy? Jesus is our joy because Jesus speaks hard truths to us. In love. And what Jesus said to these guys was not easy. I mean, he, he told them the reality. He didn't say, hey, hey, go on out there. I want you to get a great story. You got a lot of power I'm going to give you. Just go and let's see how it goes. Knowing the whole time that they're gonna, these guys are going to hurt. He didn't do that to them. Jesus, right at the beginning, before he, they even went out, he said, listen, I'm sending you out on mission, to talk about the kingdom of God that's coming. You're going to have a lot of power to do it, but you're going to suffer a lot in the process. It's going to be very painful 
for you. And that's good news for us. Because Jesus speaks hard truth to us in love. Don't you love it when a friend does that for you? There is nothing better than a good friend who will speak the truth to you in love. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Jesus is a good friend. He knew exactly what they were going to go through. He knew that they were going to suffer. And he told them in advance. He didn't just say, hey, figure it out as you go. He's gonna, he warned them in advance. That makes Jesus one of the greatest friends you can possibly have. He does that for us. He tells us all through his word. We shouldn't be surprised by suffering. All over the scriptures. This is how God speaks to us. It's through his word. All over. He says, hey, Christians are going to suffer. Don't be surprised, it says in 1 Peter, when trials come. James talks about our trials. There's going to be trials in our life. We can't be surprised by that. It's hard truth that's spoken to us in love, and that's good. Listen, if you have a friend, hold on to a friend who will speak truth into your life in love. If you don't have friends like that, who are going to say to you the hard things and tell you in love, you need to find friends that will do that for you. That's really the kind of friend we want. We can find all kinds of people who will just tell us what we want to hear, make us feel good, and let you walk right off a cliff. But if you can find a friend who will tell you in advance, then that's a wrong way to go. And they're telling it to you because they love you, or saying, hey, don't give up even though it's hard. Keep persevering the right way. Even when you've got all the good excuses why to get out of it, That's a good friend. Jesus is that kind of friend. All through the scriptures, over and over, he's telling us, listen, as a Christian, to live in this world, it's going to be difficult. Here's the things that are going to take place. It's going to, don't go this way. Don't do that. Follow this road. He's not doing that to us because he is wanting to squelch us. He's doing that to us because he loves us. He's an unbelievably good friend. And Jesus will tell you the hard things in love. The worst thing that could happen to you and to me is to be left to myself and to be left to yourself. Proverbs 26, 12 says, Do you see a man who's wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. When think about it, the things that get us all anxious and all worked up, if we were just left to ourselves most of the time, would be shipwrecked. Had I been left to myself eight years ago, I'd be more of a mess than I am today in the fears of ministry. I mean, there's nothing worse when you think about it than being left to yourself. Because when fears come, when anxiety comes, we usually aren't really rational, are we? We don't think right. We don't think clearly. And we need somebody to come to us and say, hey, stop, relax, or listen. And not leave us to ourselves. Jesus is that kind of friend all the way through. Jesus is that kind of friend. Which is why the whole Bible says, hey, if you're not following me, it will not end well for you. Follow me. Look what I did for you. Jesus loves you. This is good news for us. The worst thing that could have happened to Joseph when the angels came to him was for him to say, I'm not going to marry Mary. I'm not going to do it. 
the good news was he had somebody who came to him, and Jesus speaks hard truths to us in love. But what do you do with the fears? What do we do with all these, these fears that we have? Three times in this passage, Jesus told them not to fear. Don't fear, don't fear. Jesus says, hey, this is what you need to know. With all these fears that you have, all the fears that I have, here's what we need to know. Know these certain things. Let this go into your mind, he's telling his disciples. He just told them they're going to get persecuted. Then he says to them, let this enter your mind. Let it make your think so that it can affect your emotions and it can affect the way you live. So what do you do with the fears that you have? Jesus gives us three things, four things really. First thing Jesus would say, and he wants us to know, is suffering is to be expected and not always a result of your stumble. When he talked to his disciples in verse 24, it says, A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. And he said this right after, right before verse 28, where he says, So have no fear of them. So he said, hey, so have no fear of them. Well, why should I have not any fear of them? Because a disciple is not above his teacher or a servant above his master. You're just going to suffer, Jesus said. Expect it. Expect difficulties to come into your life. But those difficulties that come into your life are not always the result of your stumbling. The disciples did nothing wrong here. It's just part of being a follower of Jesus. People were going to persecute him. So because of that, they were just going to have some fears and have some struggles. Jesus says, listen, you've got to know this in advance. You've got to know that this is advance. Suffering is to be expected in your life. It's going to happen to us. Difficulties were going to come this week, two months from now. Difficulties will come and some of those difficulties will come, will have absolutely nothing to do with you, really. Not because you chose a wrong decision, not because you went a wrong way. We just live in a broken world. And in a broken world, difficulties will come. And Jesus wants you to know. We should expect it, especially as Christians. Weird things happen. <laughs> you just don't know what's going to take place. But we should expect those types of things. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Messy, listen, that, the, the second thing that Jesus would want us to know, listen, the second thing that Jesus wanted to know is the messy sufferings and fears. Messy sufferings and fears will be made right and revealed one day. To me, this is the most helpful when I'm struggling with things. So he says, so have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say it in the light. And what you hear in whispers, proclaim in the housetops. Life is filled with messy sufferings. And with those messy sufferings comes lots of fears. And sometimes it's not because of anything that we do. And we don't even know why you're in that situation. You don't know why that person doesn't like you. You don't know why you didn't get that job. You don't know why your family situation is really the way it is. And you can be traumatized by it, have a great fear, or it says, so have no fear of them, for nothing that is covered will, be not, will not yet be revealed. Listen, it's not always a wonderful life. Psalm, seven, the, psalm 88, the whole psalm is about 
God, listen to my prayer. Listen to this, 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 this. It doesn't even end very well at the end of Psalm 78. It's just a cry from somebody whose life is not going very well. And they don't know why. Because often in life there's many things that are covered that are not going to be revealed for years down the road or even in your lifetime. But Jesus says this, nothing that is covered will not be revealed. It one day will be. And so you don't have to fear that if you're right and you haven't done anything wrong, but you're suffering and you're afraid, how's this going to turn out? The truth is we can relax and say, you know what? One day all wrongs will be made right and it will be revealed. There will be justice done. But the truth is, it also says that things are covered up right now. There are all kinds of lies that Satan wants you to believe. All kinds of lies he wants you to believe about your life and about situations. And these things are not exactly the way they appear in this world. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. So we can go through all these fears. We got all this anxiety. And we don't really know what's going on. But we got to remember that, hey, things are covered right now. I don't see things exactly the way they are. You don't see things exactly the way they are. Things are covered, which means Satan can lie to you. And if you listen to yourself and you get away from the Word of God, you're going to be overcome with fear. But you can say, Jesus, hey, you said that one day all things will be revealed. So I don't actually have to know exactly what you're doing right now. I just have to trust you that you are working this out and I can overcome this and I can fight through that fear. Messy sufferings and fears will be made right and they will be revealed someday. The third thing Jesus would say to us about what to do with our fear is make much of God in your mind. He says, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. He says, listen, look at the big picture and make much of me in your mind. Most of our fears are because of other people or other situations. And God says, don't fear man. Fear me. Make much of me. I Listen, they, what they, what's the worst that they can do? Kill you? Don't be afraid of that. But what, what, what can I do? Fear who I am. Make much of me. Because I can destroy both body and soul in hell. So make much of God in your mind with your fears. And don't fear. Fear is often irrational. Charles Spurgeon said, A mighty argument against fear is the comparative weakness of the enemy. When you say, you know what? Man cannot do anything that God's not going to allow happen in my life. God is greater, so I'm going to fear God before I fear man. And the more you make much of God in your heart and in your mind, the more your fears are going to suppress and go down. And the fourth thing that Jesus would say to us about our fears is that God has chosen to make much of you. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? I mean, it's almost like a ridiculous question. He's talking to these disciples. I mean, there was a sparrow was absolutely nothing. And Jesus says, hey, don't fear. Aren't sparrows like nothing, like a penny? And God knows everything about them. And every hair on your head, God knows about. Not one hair Not one hair falls off of your head without God knowing about it. 
God has chosen to make much about us. It's unbelievable that God would choose to make much of us. The idea that God would know exactly every little hair that falls out of your head should amaze us. That he cares about every one one of those details. That's absolute grace. That's amazing mercy. It's amazing love. And you take all those things, and what do you do with your fears? You say, you know what? Suffering's to be expected, but it isn't always a result of my stumbling. I mean, I'm suffering right now, and I want to feel like I want to vindicate myself, but I'm going to just trust that one day all these things are going to be revealed. I'm just going to keep following God. I'm going to make much of God in my mind. I'm not going to fear man. God's greater than man, and God's chosen to make much of me. Are you kidding me? Me? I know everything about me. I know how much I'm waffling away from God, but yet God never says, oh, I'm going to forget that hair. I'm going to know about every little hair that falls out of your head because I care about it. How is joy experienced by followers of Jesus when we struggle with fear, when we're full of faith and full of fear? How How do we keep fighting for that? We hope in the promises of God. We treasure Jesus above all else. We see that in Jesus, all the promises of God come. And when you read scripture, all these things really are the result of what Jesus Christ has done for us. So when we are afraid about how things are going to go, we we claim the promises of God, like Isaiah 41.10, where it says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's a promise. Or when you are anxious about your work, and if you're going to be able to do it, and can you sustain this job? Is it going to be there for you? Are you going to be able to manage things? You claim the promise that Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Or you're really not sure what decision to make, and you're completely confused, and anxiety is overwhelming you. You claim the promise of Psalm 32, I will instruct you. Jesus says, and teach you in the way that you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Or when you're struggling with sickness, you claim the promise of Psalm 34, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Or when you're starting to get old, and you're not sure how life's going to end, you claim the promise of Isaiah 46, even to your old age, I am he. And to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made you. I will bear you. I will carry and I will save. And you claim these promises. And you start to wonder, hey, I'm drifting in my faith. Is God going to forgive me now? I totally blew it this time. I'm not sure God's going to forgive me. I don't know if I can overcome that. You claim the promise of Philippians 6. He who began a good work in you will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. And you say to Satan... I know what you're trying to do, but you're a liar. And Jesus is my friend. And he drives out fear. And he will not let me go. God is able to save to the uttermost. That's why 1 John 4 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And we love him because he first loved us. We have to fight fear. And Jesus is our joy because as we do that, As we press into Jesus, as we listen to his word, he will drive it out. And that's why at the end, 
when his disciples went through this, and they watched Jesus suffer on the cross, be crucified, and it looked like none of this is true. They beat him, they killed him. It was all for nothing. And they were scared to death and ready to run. But Jesus rose from the dead. And coming out of the tomb, what he says to the ladies is, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Jesus rose from the dead, and he conquers all fear. This is unbelievable love for us. First, that Jesus would come and take on human flesh. Second, that he would be that kind of friend for us, that he would go through what he went for us. And he says, listen, I did it so you don't have to fear. Don't be afraid. Fight fear. Let Jesus be your joy. It's because of my love for you. It's unbelievable, deep, deep love of God for us. That's how you fight fear. And it's only found in Jesus. So if you're anxious, if you're fearful, or if you're like me, where you are often full of faith, but often full of fear, we just keep going back to Jesus, who is our joy. And he constantly will drive it out. That's why we should come and adore him. Don't let Christmas go without adoring Jesus. He's watching every one of your hairs right now. And he's saying, don't fear. Don't be afraid. I will with you. I will never leave you. I will forsake you. Come and adore him. Jesus is our joy because he drives out fear. No 
Christ, His death.